Hi, my name is Jenny Kwong for Earthlink on CJSW 9.9 FM in Kawi on Treaty 7 lands and Métis Region 3. Today, I'm speaking with Michelle Thrust, Artistic Director of Making Treaty 7, as well as Film and Theater Artist. She's here to talk about a series of workshops Making Treaty 7 is holding to encourage indigenous young people and young people of many other backgrounds to get involved in the theater community. Here's my conversation with Michelle Thrust. Today I'm speaking with Michelle Thrust, Artistic Director of Making Treaty 7. So welcome. Thank you. And so it's been a while since I last talked to you. That was uh, a few years ago when you did the show Inner Elder. And so yeah. now, more recently, you've become the artistic director of Making TV 7. So I guess tell me about your role there. Uh, Making Treaty 7 is a uh, theater company that's very dear to my heart. We began this company back in 2012 with the late Michael who was with uh, One Yellow Rabbit and a good friend of mine. And it, uh, it was a bunch of artists from Southern Alberta that came together, all really high notch, really great artists. And we just put our hearts and our minds together to create a show about the history of Southern Alberta through Indigenous through the Indigenous lens. And Michael approached a bunch of elders from Treaty 7 territory. And these elders gathered quite a few times over weekends, and we would just listen to them as artists. And then we took a lot of this information, this beautiful medicine that these elders gifted to us to tell this story from a place of honesty, with good intention. And we went to Banff, and we created the first Making Treaty 7 out there. And that was back, I think we premiered our first show at Heritage Park in 2014. And then we lost our leaders, Michael Nurse, Michael Green and Nurse's Blood passed away in a car accident while they were in Saskatchewan. So it just sent us into a into an absolute gutted loop of pain, of course, as a company and as dear friends. But we got back on our feet, we kept going, and I was with the company till 2017. And then I went off to do some other things. And now I'm back as of uh, this last year as the artistic director. So that's that's uh, that's the <laughs> the journey we've taken in the last few years. And so, what have you been doing lately for with the company? Well, I came back last spring, and my vision is to initiate more youth, young voices to partake in the performance aspect as well as the crew aspect. So we've created a program, and it's called. Istotsi, which in the Blackfoot language means to immerse yourself into something that so much that it affects who you are. So Istotsi runs once a week until the end of March. And what I'm doing is I've brought the alumni of Making Treaty 7 back together and we're pairing them up sometimes with each other, sometimes with a special guest from the Calgary area who's also an artist. And we spend a few hours just interviewing them and talking about their Making Treaty 7 experience, as well as what gifts they can offer to younger artists. And at the end of March, after we've done, we've gone through the Yitzotsi sessions, which 
are happening every Thursday night on our Facebook Live page with Making Treaty 7. Every Thursday night, we gather and we interview two more artists. So once we're done that at the end of March, we are asking young people 18 and up to come together and to audition for the big show that we're going to be doing this year. And these young people can be from any background. Making Treaty 7 is indigenously led, settler and newcomer supported, but we are all about bringing together all different types of people. And with an indigenously led process, we will create a brand new show that'll be out sometime this year, when, depending, of course, on COVID, but that is the plan, is to create a brand new show. And so the workshops began on January 30th, and as you say, they're uh, every week from uh, end of January, end of January to end of March. And so, can you talk about the particular workshops uh, you'll be holding? Of course. Uh, last night we had Alana Bluebird, also known as Alana One Spot from Sutana. And um, she's an alumni of Making Treaty 7. And we also had Wakefield Brewster, who's an amazing spoken word artist. So both of these two souls came together last night for a two-hour uh, session of Istotsi. And we talked about spoken word and poetry and the power of that. And it was a wonderful workshop. You can find that on our Making Treaty 7 page. And... Um, Next week, we are going to be doing, we are going to be doing a session with Garrett Smith from P. Gunny, who's an alumni, and he's going to be interviewing Blake Brooker and myself, who were the co-directors of Making Treaty 7, about the history of the company and how it came to be where it is today. We're going to just be going over all the, you know, all the memories and, and the performances and, and the different shows, the different iterations. And then after that, we will be, um, the next session after that is Jane McFarland, who is an amazing voice coach here in Calgary. She'll be coming on the next Thursday. And she works at the University of Calgary, and she's worked with a lot of artists in this area, teaching them how to project and use their voice in theater. And coupled with her will be a beautiful Indigenous singer by the name of Putafe. And she'll be sharing her uh, gifts of, of Indigenous song and music. After that, at the end of this month, the last Thursday of February, we will be having Denise Clark, who is from One Yellow Rabbit. And she'll be doing a, an interview and a, a bit of a, a teaching on the rabbits and on what how they create together One Yellow Rabbit. The following week in March, we have special guests that I have not confirmed, so I can't really say right now, but it's pretty exciting. And then, um, yeah, we, we will just keep going in March and we'll confirm as we get closer to March. But we've got some exciting guests coming up in March also. So recently I got onto TikTok and I've uh, been seeing uh, Indigenous youth uh, posting their uh, songs and skits on TikTok. But how do you get youth to be more involved in the theater community? Well, this is the thing, you know, living here in Mohkins, just of, you know, the Calgary area, it's always been a challenge to try and get Indigenous young people to, to 
reach out beyond basketball and powwow dancing and rodeo, which is, there's always a lot of people involved with that, Indigenous people. But when it comes to the arts, it's always been a challenge, which is why we've created Estotzi, is just to online give them the, the some tools and to encourage and to inspire them. And that's about all we can do at this point. We've, we've been getting a pretty steady following though of, of indigenous uh, young voices. And we're also gonna be doing some training in um, stage management next month in March, as well as wardrobe. So it's not always about being on the stage. We've also have positions coming up being behind the scenes and learning about lighting and design and visuals. And Because not everybody's meant to be on stage. But yeah, we just want to get the word out there for uh, Indigenous youth and all other, from all other backgrounds to come out at the end of November, the last weekend, I mean, sorry, not November, the last weekend of March. And we will be posting on our page the details of what that means to come audition for the big show. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Is there anything else you have to say today? No, no, thank you for having me on your show and uh, all the best to you. And again, the last weekend of March, we are asking in all youth from 18 to 35 years old to come out and to show us a beautiful um, piece that they've written themselves. And there's more information on our website at maketreaty7.com. All right, thanks again. Hi, this is Jenny Kwong. That was my interview with Michelle Thrust, Artistic Director of Making Treaty 7. Next, I will play a song by Hebe Ten from the group SHE. They are a girl band from Taiwan. The song is from the 2007 album that translates as Do Fighting Bulls Want Electric Sound Stages? The song is called Lai Buji.
that song was Live with you by Hubi Tan. The English title is Too Late. Hi, this is Jenny again. This part is the events calendar where I will tell you about a few events happening in Calgary in March. Through the Night is a documentary being shown by the Calgary International Film Festival. It is part of the Top Docs, a monthly documentary series SIF has put together. Through the Night examines a 24-hour daycare that looks after kids with parents who work long hours or multiple jobs. One mother is a nurse who works an overnight shift, and another has three jobs. The documentary will be shown from March 4th to the 7th as a stream with the possibility of in-cinema screenings. Visit ciffcalgary.ca for more information. Storybook Theatre will be presenting their play for kids called The Wizards of Oakwood Drive, showing through Zoom starting March 6th and until March 28th. The play is designed for young audiences from 6 to 12. It is designed for kids only, and only the parents or guardians of the kids in the audience are the only adults allowed. Visit www.storybooktheater.org for more information. Next on the show is co-host Nathan Taylor. To commemorate the life of Canadian theatre legend Christopher Plummer, my thoughts went immediately to his unforgettable role as the baddest of bad guys in The Silent Partner. To use Henry Fonda as a step-off point, Fonda famously turned heel for his role as Frank in Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. But his despicable acts in that movie were either stylized, out of frame, or he just kind of supervises the destruction. That was in 1965. When, in 1978, Christopher Plummer decided to play a baddie, basically his first lines to the protagonist are Give me the money, you fucker. And we know this ain't going to be Captain Von Trapp, folks. The Silent Partner is a shining high point in this weird little section of Canadian film history called the Tax Shelter Years. We're in 100% of a movie's capital cost allowance could be written off to promote growth in the industry, in theory. Folks like Ivan Reitman and David Cronenberg contributed, and a lot of what you could call pioneering films of their genre emerged, like Black Christmas and My Bloody Valentine. The Silent Partner is no slasher film, but once I realized the context in which it was made, another more cynical appreciation of the whole thing formed in my mind, although it's not as detailed or as poetic as the theory put forth on Canuxploitation.com, which is an invaluable source for researching films of this era. I highly suggest you browse their website if you're interested in this kind of stuff. The movie itself concerns a bank teller who discovers evidence that not only is his bank being cased for a robbery, but there's probably been at least one aborted attempt already. The bank teller, played by Elliot Gould, is able to detective out who the robber is and proceeds to hide a vast sum of money to keep for himself while giving the robber chicken scratch. This begins a game of cat and mouse, as the robber, played by Christopher Plummer, has made Elliot Gould the subject of his entire attention. I think The Silent Partner is a near-confounding exercise in realistic logistics in a thriller, as the entire plot plays out over several months. Elliot Gould plays an amoral cipher, who we watch for long stretches of silence as his character thinks and figures his plans into action. 
This will be quite familiar to those watching the character of Mike in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and people will generally either thrill or gag to such obtuse character work. Uh, at one point in this film, a co-worker describes Gould's character as less than the sum of his parts. I was generally thrilled with the film, not knowing just how everyone would go to serve their own interests or save their hides. My level of successfully being engrossed in this was really thinking at some points that Elliot Gould might actually comply with this deranged robber. I kept that in mind when one character makes what I thought was an obvious mistake, but caught myself. I mean, people less charming than Christopher Plummer have similarly manipulated others with ease. It's amazing to me to have rewatched it and realized just how little Christopher Plummer actually appears in the movie. I mean, his menace hangs over so much of the film, but him and Gould are kept at a hair-raising distance until they finally meet at an hour and a half into the proceedings. So now that I've tried to describe a slow-burning, subtle thriller about still waters that run surprisingly deep, what would the trailer and soundtrack for The Silent Partner have you believe? Let's listen in. what you're afraid of? A crime of sheer genius that builds to a climax of sheer terror. He doesn't suspect? Not at all. He will tell me soon. When the telephone rings, the terror begins. Hello? Hello? You're doing your terror like you did it to me. What? Think of where to run. Think of how to hide. Think of how to escape the silent partner. I don't know how you managed to pull it off. Well, I guess you're going to have to tell me one of these days. But we, uh, we worked it together, didn't we? I thought I knew you. But you've changed. I'm going to kill you, so help me. I'm going to kill you. Starring Elliot Gould, Christopher Plummer, and Susanna York. One night, when you come home, you'll find me on the inside, and that'll be the night you'll wish you'd never been born. It was the only way to make him the silent partner. So bravo to the timeless voice of Don LaFontaine, master of the movie trailer, to give this nonsensical description of the film some urgency and gravitas. I mean, even when it comes to Plummer's air of menace, this trailer does him wrong. Here, I'm going to play how his initial threat actually sounds, and you can see that what Plummer is going for is a way more interesting and menacing character than is heard in the trailer. I hope you didn't go to any trouble on my account. I'm not going to break the door down. I'm just going to give you a little time to try to be reasonable. If you decide you're not going to be reasonable, then one night when you come home, you'll find me on the inside, waiting for you. That'll be the night you'll wish you'd never been born. Then there's the music. It sounded pretty cool in the trailer, I thought. 
Well, in true Canadian tax shelter style, there's actually two scores. The opening credits listing uh, another Canadian legend, Oscar Peterson, as having provided the original score. Uh, there's upbeat jazz, and truthfully, uh, it can be heard throughout the movie, but compare the music to um, the cover of the album that it comes in. Christopher Plummer's eyes shooting daggers at you through a mail slot framed in black. Uh, you know, is that really what you're listening to? In fact, the composer of the incidental music in the film, Kenneth Wanberg, is not even credited, and the only place I could find him as the, uh, listed as the actual composer of this music is on his own resume from his uh, representatives. Just about everything used to promote the silent partner is some level of misleading. After all, with the capital cost allowance at 100%, cheap genre films that capitalized on similarly released blockbusters played fast and loose with what content was actually waiting in the theater for you. With the film's poster containing both a description and two taglines, it's like the promoters threw everything they could at you for your ticket money. It proclaims comedy, sex, terror, literally on the poster, above a truly baffling photo of uh, Elliot Gould blowing his cheeks up, uh, like maybe Jack on uh, Three's Company. In conclusion, maybe you'll like The Silent Partner a lot. I sure did. Uh, Curtis Hansen, screenwriter of L.A. Confidential and director of 8 Mile, wrote the screenplay uh, off of a Scandinavian book called Think of a Number. And fans of uh, crime novelists like Donald E. Westlake will find this right up their alley, I think. Those interested in other odd aspects of Christopher Plummer's career might also check out the 1963 National Film Board piece by Anne-Claire Poyer called 30 Minutes, Mr. Plummer, uh, which is also like The Silent Partner in how elusive its title character is made by the filmmaker. There's also a documentary called Tax Shelter Terrors that covers the golden years of 100% write-offs in Canadian film. It's free to watch on YouTube. To end the show off this week... I'm extremely pleased to let you know that in the last year, air guitar champion Craig Billmeyer has posted two live shows of the infamous Vancouver rock group The Muscle Bitches from the late 1990s. I got to see them once, with their miniature guitars with strobe lights in them and the baritone sax-wielding frontman. Here's a song from their first album, Demon Boy Takes a Bride. This is Oprah. Don't tell my mother or my father I've brought them pain and misery Yes, I've disgraced them like no other A singing Bob's life I lead Welcome, my friends, into my parlor this song of sinners sets me free Yes, I am lost without another To share a shave and symphony I was but a child pushed into college All day I dreamt of hair to tease Excelled at coiffures, flunked at
was the Muscle Bitches from Vancouver with their song, Oprah. And special thanks definitely to Craig Billmeyer for uploading to YouTube a couple of Muscle Bitches shows from 1996, one of them at Calgary's Night Gallery. Please check them out, and please, you owe it to yourself to also do the same kind of periodic searches on YouTube that lead to treasures like this. And if you got some shows that you camcorded way back when, put them online, and I'll announce them on ArtsLink. Well, that's it for this month. We'll talk to you folks again in April.